Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planner Financial Services. Member FINRA SIPC shares his planning approach to help people toward a place where they may be at peace regarding their financial goals. In this dynamic podcast, Royal will share his insights on how to design a retirement plan to help you plan for your future. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Life by Design with Royal Stanley from Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Today we're going to be talking about diversifying into real estate, and this is something that I have never spoken to Royal about before, so I'm pretty excited to hear what he has to say. Good morning, Royal. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Eric? Doing great. I'm excited to be well into 2019. We've got a great start, and from everything I'm seeing, the real estate market is still pretty good, so this is a great topic. I I think so, and it's one that's really pretty timeless. I think you look back over you know the years of people building wealth, real estate really is one of the best ways of building wealth for Americans. Mm-hmm. Home ownership is such a giant indicator of having a, a net worth above a million dollars. It's such a way of not only with your own personal residence, having that stability there, but diversifying into other forms of real estate really allow people to grow their net worth, grow their assets. And it's one of the most exciting topics I talk about with my clients. The fun part is, is being able to sit down as, as a financial planner and help them walk through whether or not they should invest in real estate, what are the best Mm -hmm. strategies for doing that and giving them hopefully a little bit of guidance to go talk to a mortgage broker or a real estate agent to begin that process of uh, diversifying into rentals. So when you when you actually ask them that question, you kind of discuss that with them. What is your feeling as far as their their response? Are they nervous about the topic? Are they saying, I, I don't know, I've heard really bad things or I've heard great things and, and they're excited to go do it? What's their reaction generally? All over the map. Yeah, I, uh, I talk to people who, and, and just ask the questions, have you ever thought about owning rentals? And some people are gung-ho and say, absolutely, it's part of the plan I want to have for my family, for generations to come. And other people are say, I've tried that once, or my parents tried it, and it didn't work out, mm-hmm. and I have no desire for that. I don't want to be tied to something. So kind of regardless of where someone's at, I want to meet them there and just give them guidance. If somebody says, I don't want to do two rentals, it sounds like a nightmare. We just take that right off the table. I don't think there's a need for people to go down that route because there's definitely some downsides when you get into owning rentals that a lot of people don't even consider. Yeah. Royal, I have a rental property. I have one. I had planned to have between seven and 10 long-term goals to be able to, you know, get everything paid off and use some of the property possibly to fund my children's college and all this thing, all these ideas. And after the one, we had great renters at front. And then we had some really bad ones that my wife was so stressed out because of what they had done to the house and what they had done to us that she was done. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, no more. (laughs) So I have one. (laughs) And that was about it. (laughs) Yes. I, I think a lot of people who are interested in rentals have very grand plans. But oftentimes, I think most people hit a, hit a, hit a wall there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that wall is after the first one. Sometimes it's after five. Only occasionally do I see people with more than seven or eight rentals. Yeah. Because there is a, a certain point where it becomes a whole lot of work. Yep, absolutely. 
So let me tell you a little bit about my family and my history with real estate. I really grew up in this. So my dad served in World War II and spent basically 22 years in the Navy. When he got out in about 1968, he moved to San Diego and settled there and just started buying real estate in downtown San Diego. Over the course of the next uh, 12, 13 years, he ended up buying about 100 different rentals. And he really became someone who would buy distressed properties, go in, fix them up, and get them rented. His objective was to have this real estate, to get renters in there, collect those rents, and then eventually down the road, uh, he began to sell those properties. But really, that was his passion. He'd work all day for the uh, the city of San Diego in the maintenance department. And then in the evenings, him and his best friend, Cal, would get together at whatever new property they were working on and, you know, get to work doing those renovations. Mm. So it was a whole family family affair, really. Yeah. The interesting thing was, is, is I, I remember asking my dad years, years later, and I was like, what, why, why were you and Cal friends? And he looks at me and goes, oh, well, that's because Cal did great electrical work. <laughs> that's, that's a good friend to have. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was amazed by his answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's great. Yeah, so I grew up in this, you know, understanding the value of real estate, both from the standpoint of having it as a rental, but also what you can do if it gets to the point of, hey, let's sell this property and then selling it on a note, which is another great way, I think, of being able to monetize that real estate investment that you had. Royal, you said selling it on a note. What does that mean? So basically, when you have a piece of property that's paid off, you as the owner can basically act as the bank. You might accept a you know, 20%, 30% down payment, but then you're actually carrying the paper just oh, like a bank okay. would when they give you a mortgage gotcha. for that new purchaser. So my family actually still carries one of these notes that my dad sold years ago. He's actually refinanced it a few times. It's tied to property there in San Diego. And, you know, just like a bank, you get to collect those principal payments as well as the interest payment on that. So depending on the interest rate environment, it can be a very nice uh, long-term investment for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it, I'm assuming it's similar to rent to own, but not the same. It's more like just a traditional real estate transaction, except there's no bank involved. There's no gotcha. uh, bank that owns that mortgage. The owner of the the property basically gives a note to the seller of the property saying, we're going to make payments over the next 30 years at this interest rate, just like you would with a traditional mortgage. Got it. Got it. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. In a high interest rate environment, it's really attractive. The interest rate environment we've been in the last 10 years, really not so because you're not getting paid, I think, enough mm-hmm. uh, to really make it worth your while. Got it. Got it. So that's kind of my background there with real estate. I've, I've owned uh, a number of rentals in my life. I definitely know the, the pros and cons there. So, Royal, I know the, the home that I own, my rental property, it's up right now from what I owe. So if I sell it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make some money on it, which is good. But it's not a major asset necessarily for me because it's a much lower priced home in the Omaha area. So as an asset class, how, do, how does real estate work? Basically, as an asset class, it's really a diversifier, I think, for the rest of your portfolio. 
it's not tied to the stock market. Mm -hmm. It's a physical asset. And if you're buying individual real estate, often you're using some leverage there in the form of a mortgage. Mm -hmm. That leverage can help boost your rate of return on that asset class over the long term. So that's one thing I think people don't really think about there, or if they do, maybe don't compare it directly to the stock market is when, when you buy a home and you have a mortgage on that home, you're only investing, let's say 20% down on that asset. So let's say you take um, $25,000 and invest it in a down payment on a $150,000 home. Well, that 25,000 is controlling a $150,000 asset. So when that asset appreciates, the rate of return on your $25,000 investment is pretty great. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best ways of building wealth, especially over the long run there. So we'd like it as a diversifier. We like it as a way of using leverage on a piece of your portfolio, because you certainly, in most cases, wouldn't want to use any leverage on you know, your 401k or other invested assets in the stock market, because to be perfectly frank, those markets are, are probably too volatile to really effectively use leverage Absol over the absolutely. long run. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. We also have that conversation about real estate investment trusts versus rentals. Real estate investment trusts are a way of getting exposure to real estate as an asset class and getting away from real estate that's just focused on residential. Real estate investment trusts are basically companies whose main focus is just buying and managing real estate. So you can buy REITs that just focus on, let's say, warehouses, on uh, commercial office buildings, retail, as well as apartment buildings and that sort of thing. The nice thing with investing in REITs is you never get calls from your tenants. Yeah, that, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. So there's no cost of, of ownership there as, a, as far as time and doing maintenance there, mm -hmm. uh, which, which, is, which is a nice differentiator there. With rentals, you're going to have to be involved in a much more active, hands-on way. Yep. Some people love that. Other people despise it. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's management companies out there as well that can help you to do that, but there's a cost involved and, and they don't handle everything. So it just depends on your individual situation. For me, I've got one home. There's no way I'd use a, a management company because that would be a complete waste. But if I own 20 homes, that would probably be a really good idea because that would just be too much work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about investing in real estate, obviously there are many different types of buildings. Like you said, there's warehouse, there's a, you could buy into business type buildings or, or residential properties. What is your best tip to make that purchase or begin that process? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think the way most people initially get started with rentals is really they buy their first starter home. They live in it for, you know, five, 10 years. They build up some equity there and they're ready for that next home. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, they have a decision uh, to make there. They can sell their, their starter home and use all of that equity in their next upgraded home. Or they can keep that starter home and convert it into a rental. You can pull some of the equity out of that rental to use for the down payment for the upgraded home. But I think that's probably one of the easiest ways of beginning that process of getting started with a rental. 
So you buy your first home, stand a few years, and then after five, 10 years, you basically make that move to a, a ni bigger, nicer home, but keep that original starter as, as your first rental. I see that quite often with people who just keep that starter home and begin the landlord process right there. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good plan. The other way, and, and often I talk to this about uh, young people who are looking at buying a home, is I really recommend take a look at buying, making your first home a duplex. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Or looking for something with a mother-in-law unit mm -hmm. or an apartment or maybe two houses on one lot. I think that's a fantastic way of getting into a property and becoming a landlord really right away. And that's really one of the best ways I see people beginning the process of kind of diversifying into real estate. The real question is, is are you okay living next to your tenants? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's definitely some pros and cons there. The con is, is you're, you're, you're the one that's going to get their door knocked on at three in the morning when something breaks. The pro there is you can keep an eye on things and make sure that you can kind of spread your uh, pride of ownership to that property. Yeah, absolutely. So if you own your home, you, you don't want to get into a duplex where you live. You, you don't want to do the kind of that starter home transition into a rental. What you'll need to just purchase a rental outright is usually the number the banks are looking for is 20 to 25% for a down payment. Mm -hmm. And that's really where we work with clients is how do we come up with that to make that first purchase? We really want to get away from, you know, tapping the 401k and pulling out that money as a loan. It's a possibility to do, but in the long run, I think it puts a lot of stress on your retirement plans as well as you, because you've got to pay that loan back within five years to the 401k plan. So we really want to work with people of getting that, that account set up, either a savings account or a investment account that's after tax that we can start putting money into and building up that nest egg for that, that first down payment for a rental. The other thing you can look at doing is maybe doing a refinance on your existing home to take that 20% out and put down on the rental. We want to be really careful when we're adding that kind of leverage, because what can happen there is if you don't have that 20% down payment and you just pull it out of your home, you've basically bought in that rental with a hundred percent debt. Mm -hmm. So we want to be very careful looking at those leverage ratios to make sure that people don't get kind of over the end of their skis there. That's what we saw a lot in 2008 where people were just levering up and levering up. we like the idea of using real estate. We'd like the idea of using a mortgage, but we want to be very, very careful that we're not taking on too much risk when we do it. Yeah. That, I mean, that can be, I mean, we saw it then, how many people were foreclosed upon because of those types of situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. The other thing I, I would say is if you own a business, there's definitely some opportunities there of looking at buying either the office building or the facility that you need for the business. There, there's always great incentives there as a business owner to do that and to purchase that property and not pay rent to someone else. It's another great way of building long-term net worth. Yeah. And if the building's large enough, you'll maybe you have extra space for other offices. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Definitely just a, a few ways for people to look at getting into real estate as an investment outside of their, their own personal residence. Mm -hmm. Royal, like I said earlier, <laughs> my grandiose plans for my, my rental kingdom was uh, about 10 properties, didn't come to fruition. And honestly, this home, I bought it back in 2001 or 2002. It has not been a huge source of income for me. We've, for, for many different reasons, but repairs and other things and getting renters in there and having damage and, and all those other things, it hasn't been a great source of income. What are your thoughts on income from rental properties in general? This is a great topic. Income from rentals, I think is wonderful, but it takes a while to get to that income, mm -hmm. uh, especially as you start with the purchase of a, P, uh, of a piece of property of a rental is if you're going to have a mortgage on it, unless you're buying it outright and have, you know, uh, large bags of cash sitting around you to be able to do that, mm -hmm. most people are going to buy it on a mortgage. And so what we see quite often is between taxes, insurance, improvements, mortgage payments, that most of the income that comes from a rental is just going to go right back into that piece of property. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll see some numbers where you can pull out some money there, but Ultimately, when you look at the passive income that's produced by real estate, it has to be a long-term plan for most people. Now, if you buy a piece of property and get the perfect deal and do a lot of work yourself, sometimes you can really up those numbers. But for most people, they're seeing a small bit of income from their rental property to begin with. Now, over time, as rents are able to be increased, and your mortgage payments stay steady over that 15 or 30 year mortgage, you can start to see more income coming out of those properties. But for the most part, I'm going to say your income is going to be relatively minor mm -hmm. for probably the first 10 years that you own the rental. Now, in the long run, it will really begin to pay off just as the property appreciates. You can increase the, the rents that you're charging. But initially there, most rentals are going to be a break-even proposition for most people getting into them. And that's okay. You know, investing in this is about doing it over the long term. We can talk uh, maybe at a later date about the whole idea of flipping houses and all the risks that come with that. Yeah. Yep. That's a much different uh, type of investing than owning rentals is. Got it. Yeah, I've met with a few millennial clients looking to, you know, retire before the age of 40 or 45 or 50 and, uh, you know, good for them. That's an awesome goal to have, but you have to be realistic about the amounts of money you have to save as well as the size of your lifestyle can be when you retire that young. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great goal. I would love that. But the reality of it is, is that possible with, but like you said, if you're trying to do rental properties as part of it, that's a big down payment or that's a big payment up front. That's not going to bring you a whole lot of income. Like you said, what, for the first decade or so, those are things you really have to be able to look at. And how are you going to make sure everything is done correctly during that decade in your savings and your 401ks and your other investments along with these rentals to, to make a complete package. That's, that's a long shot in my opinion for retiring at 45, but not going to, poo-poo their idea. <laughs> right. I would love it's, that it's idea. Def it's definitely possible yeah. for the for the right people. And, you know, I love working with those people, but 
sometimes I, I have to just kind of provide a little bit a dose of reality there yeah, yeah. of how long it takes for these to come become really cash flow positive. Yep. And it does take a little while. Got it. Royal, I love the story you told earlier about your dad and his his buddy. Is it Cal? That's friend, right. His friend Cal, yeah, the electrician. I've got a buddy of mine, Stu, who is a uh, a great electrician, and he helps me because I've I've got an issue with my house right now. I'm redoing the kitchen, and I've had to redo some other rooms because of some damage that happened. And when we pulled the carpet up that was really heavily damaged, the original hardwood floors are there, and this house was built in 1903. Mm. I love woodwork. I am so excited to do this. It's a ton of work, but what I'm not excited to do is that electrical. So Stu's going to help me with that, update some of those things in the kitchen. And I know that you've had rental properties. It's blood, sweat, and tears a lot of times. And I'm spending, unfortunately, a lot of my weekends right now going over to the other house. That's like you said, live in a duplex and you're right next door, which is great, but I don't. So I have to go down to the other house and I, I spend quite a bit of time there doing these repairs and, and putting this kitchen back together and these other rooms together. What's your experience with the rental properties you've had? So I have a much different experience because I do not have that, that handyman gene that my father. I got you. Okay. <laughs> so I really have to call people whenever there's an issue with a, with a, with a rental or a piece of property that I own. It, it makes it very tough. And what's interesting is a lot of the, the property that I've owned, I have not lived in that that same uh, time zone or area code mm. for those pieces of property. So oftentimes we had to do a lot of things by phone. It's an additional cost and it's definitely something to consider and be realistic, I think, when you buy a rental of, say, of saying, how much time, energy, and expertise do I have to put into this rental property? It's okay to hire people and get the job done right and quickly, but you have to kind of factor all of those in when you look at rentals and whether or not they're right, kind of the right investment for you. And it, it will also help kind of determine what types of properties you'll look at when you're looking at buying rental. So if you're someone who doesn't have that handyman gene, you probably don't want to look at a place that's a giant fixer upper mm -hmm. without factoring in what those costs are going to be to bring in professionals to do that fixing up. Well, and the, the other thing is, is honestly, this home has now been vacant since November 1st, basically. And mm -hmm. with the holidays, with everything that keeps us busy, I haven't gotten there every weekend. And so now I'm redoing these floors. I'm, I'm really excited about it. But, you know, we're into 2019. So I have not collected any rent for that entire time. You know, nobody living there. So that's another thing to determine. You know, it, would it cost me more to do it myself? And it's going to take me six to eight months to redo everything? Or do I pay four or $5,000 for somebody to come in and, and redo it in a week or two weeks. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's a, that's a big difference there. So how do people determine whether or not they're suited for rental properties or that the, it's a good idea for them? So I think people have to determine that for themselves. Do they have the right attitude to deal with tenants? Do they have the right attitude to own a piece of property that they have pride of pride of ownership in? and have the possibility that someone else will trash it or mm -hmm. not treat it like they would, you have to have that uh, thick skin there, at least to a certain level, to be able to own real estate. Yeah. Because tenants are not you. They're, nothing in the world is better than a good tenant, and nothing is worse than a bad tenant. Absolutely. I've had both. When you have a great tenant, owning real estate is the easiest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. When you have a bad tenant, it can become a nightmare. So 
you want to be really careful there and be very, very careful either with the tenants that you put in there or that the company that's doing the tenant screening really is doing doing their job right. Exactly. And making sure that the people in that property are taking care of it. Maybe not at the same level you would, but in that range at least. Yeah, absolutely. The last piece is know your laws in your state for each state that you own property in because tenant versus landlord laws vary state to state and some states are way on the side of the tenant and some are on the way on the side of the landlord. It makes a huge difference because when you get a bad tenant, usually they know what the laws are and they will play the system to a point where it gets pretty ugly and it costs you a lot of time and money. So it's not a good idea unless you are ready for that commitment. Absolutely. We, we just saw the laws here in Oregon move dramatically towards the, the tenant's rights. Yeah. So definitely something to consider. Talk to other people who own real estate and who have done this before is another great way of just to, to determine if real estate is right for you. Yep, absolutely. And there's usually a landlord association in each state, probably more even in a county or city. Look those yep. up and, and they have a lot of good resources as well. Absolutely. All right. Any closing thoughts today, Royal? No, I think that's it. Right on. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. You have a good one. All right. And thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The views expressed are those of the presenter and may not reflect the views of United Planner Financial Services. Material discussed is meant to provide general information and is not to be construed as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. Individual needs vary and require consideration of your unique objectives and financial situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Advisory services offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through United Planner Financial Services of America, member FINRA and SIPC. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. and United Planners Financial Services are independent companies.